The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a revolutionary new daily fantasy game whereby you pick two, three, or four players to go over or under their fantasy point projections, and if you're correct, you win. Pick two or more players from the same sport or league, or go cross leagues for your parlay. Use the promo code 5, that's F I V E, 5, and receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. But first, sign up at prizepicks.com to start winning today. Winning season at returns at MyBookie, and that's where you can get double your first deposit. Get in on the action using promo code 3YARDS, and, uh, and that's how you double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play, designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. So uh, get in on MyBookie, and remember to use the promo code 3YARDS Bet with the best this NFL season for your chance to win big. So your winning season begins today only at MyBookie. Let me introduce you to SafeCubbies.com. SafeCubbies.com offers modular office solutions designed to elevate your office space into a safe, workable, and functional environment. Their cubicles, dividers, and modular workplace systems can be customized with graphic branding, sneeze guards, whiteboards, acrylic sheets, and magnetic panels. Most importantly, most of the surfaces are made of non-porous materials, which make for easy cleaning. Adding to their professional series, there are private room solutions as well as their classroom series. SafeCubbies.com is a local company with over 15 years' experience working with the nation's leading modular display manufacturers. Give them a call at 754-216-1071 or visit them online at SafeCubbies.com. Once again, that number is 754 216 1071 for safecubbies.com. Welcome to Three Yards Per Carry, a podcast covering the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Now, here's your hosts, Chris, Alf, and Simon. And we're on, and welcome to Three Yards Per Carry. This is a victorious edition of three yards per carry the miami dolphins absolutely demolished the san francisco 49ers i have chris kaufman here i have simon clancy here and i can only deduce simon that the team woke up sunday morning and decided to use some manscape and because of that they were sleek enough to demolish the 49ers they slipped imagine how fast you can run so smooth (laughs) down the field you think you run faster with your balls all slick from the ball toner? Definitely. Possibly. I mean, by I, the way, by the way, let, let me interject this. There's one NFL team that is sponsored by Manscaped, and it's the San Francisco 49ers. Any coincidence? It is. Yeah. <laughs> it's not Ian Rappaport. No. No. That's Kismet. That's Kismet. <laughs> yeah, true. Um I was gonna say something really profound then, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, but you know that like cyclists and a lot of soccer players shave their bodies entirely. Like no cyclist has any hair on their body at all because it uh, it is a um, it slows them down. It's a a wind thing in terms of um, you know 
No, I'm, I'm not even joking. It is. I know, uh, I believe you. Just the swimmers. I know the swimmers do it. Yeah, swimmers, absolutely. Yeah, so anyway, talking to Manscaped, I've got a special one for you this week. You can have one of two choices, or if you really want, you can have both. You can have a limerick or a song. <laughs> oh, boy. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to choose. Chris, you choose. I will. I, I'm always I'm partial to limericks. Okay, Al. So that's my choice. If Chris wants a limerick, let's go with limericks. I don't want to hear no. Simon sing. No, the song. So I mean, it's not really a. I'm not really going to sing. I'm not Elton John. Oh, well, now I want to hear the song. Okay, you want to hear the song first? You hit it. Yes. Okay, ready. And I apologize because I'm not a good singer. Harry, Harry, why do you grow so true? I'll start shaving and get rid of all of you. Now I don't have some hairy bollocks. I look like David Pollock. My balls look sweet. They're really neat. It's the lawnmower 3.0. Wow. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are there are I mean, there awards? Is that in good? Reverse? Is that good? What about that? Do you want the limerick? <laughs> Hit the limerick because I think that that song could get you arrested in certain states here in the U.S. Well, let's hope so. I don't know if okay. I can take it. <laughs> Chris sounded like uh, Chris sounded like DJ Carlin at the start of Wild Thoughts with Rihanna. I don't know if I can take it. Are you all right, mate? <laughs> Fine. <laughs> you like that? I think you liked it, Alf. <laughs> oh boy, you know I'm going to record that and put it in the in like in a jingle. Right? I mean, fucking do it, mate. <laughs> you better. <laughs> if you don't, we're going to have words. <laughs> you ready? Hit it. You ready for the limerick? Go ahead. I use the lawnmower 3.0. It's so good that it makes my balls glow. <laughs> Gets rid of the hair, cleans it all up down there. So why don't you give it a go? I mean, come on! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry, but if you tell me that my balls are gonna glow, I'm not enticed oh, to buy the products. You know what I mean? That is what that's what the, that's what Manscaped's all about, mate. Glowing balls. I got it. I got to get on If I had a mic, I would. I've got a pen in my hand, so there you go. Just drop the pen on the mic. There you go. I mean, that's probably in the how many years we've we done this podcast now? Like five or something? That might be my best contribution. I think that's it. <laughs> It's all down from here. I might as well just sack it off now. <laughs> Literally sack it off. <laughs> At least hairlessly sack it off anyway. Of course, that promo code is 5RSN for 20% off. Mate, nobody nobody cares about that. They're calling Spotify, seeing if they can download that song. <laughs> nobody cares about the, the code. Like Manscaped. Oh, I'm going to get the song on Remix. I'd like to see their stock. I mean, Ooh, what's the stock market doing? Because, you know. I'm gonna talk to going to Slim. crazy right now. I'm gonna to talk to Slim. He's gonna remix that song for us. Do it. Like maybe auto tune it. <laughs> oh boy. Well, you like the way that I got some NFL action in there by dropping David Pollock's name because it's the only thing I can get to to rhyme with bollock, which is an English word for testicle. If uh, some of you are, <laughs> of course, I'm sure. Of course, David Pollock. There you go. I saw you got that, but I, I, I imagine I kind of imagine you must be referring to somebody else because you can't possibly be referring to somebody that obscure about the NFL. I mean, give me another word that rhymes with bollock, and we'll we'll talk. <laughs> a great defensive tackle, Jerry Ball. It doesn't rhyme with uh, bollock, though, does it? No, no. You see, hmm. David Pollock, 
Georgia legend. Now, the only thing I can come up with is, uh, is, is not quite is like, uh, is like Phil Luckett or, uh, again, doesn't rhyme with that's Pollock. That's not, doesn't I mean, there's a fish Pollock. called a Pollock, but that, you know, that, yeah, yeah. it's common fish. A lot of people use it in fish yeah, and chips, right? David so, Pollock mm. played in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, it's more cold. What about, but, yeah. What about two words like potluck? I mean, come on. Andrew Luck. I'm a songster. Right? Andrew Luck. Like, Andrew Luck. No, again, I'm like Bernie Topin. Almost. You, you two are taking the piss. <laughs> I mean, I might. I said earlier when I'm not Elton John, I might sell this song to Elton John. Hmm. I think I he's already got sing one. sing this about. instead of the national anthem at Dolphins games. <laughs> they wouldn't kneel for this oh, fucking man. thing. Oh, there's the, there it was. <laughs> Want to go the there? Oh boy! <laughs> Actually, cut that out because I really agree with kneeling. So, to anybody that agrees with kneeling, I am a million percent on your side. So, uh, unless they're singing that, that was, song, unless they're that singing that song, because that would just be disrespectful. But if they did kneel for it, imagine how smooth their balls would be as they knelt down. They would like glide on their legs. <laughs> So yes, I'm pro I think, I think NFL players wear, wear jocks, Simon. So yeah, but if you if you've had if you've got shaved balls, you probably don't need a jock, mate. <laughs> you probably can just they're so they're so aerodynamic. You probably just strap them down to either side with like some sellotape <laughs> or something. Like oh, nobody can get a clean shot on them. No, yeah, pulling the tape off as well. I mean, nobody's gonna. You know how boxers wear Vaseline? Like on even face? somebody. Yeah. yeah, Manscape is like Vaseline. Yeah, there you ball. go. It's like yeah. Vaseline for your balls. <laughs> Well, there you go. That exists. Is that the end? Is that the end of the show? Should we talk about the Jets game now? <laughs> <laughs> Come oh, on, boy. That was, that was that was all I saw on Sunday. Well, this is the greatest. I, this is the greatest commercial Manscaped has ever received. Can I just yeah. say as well? I've literally been thinking about this for a week since last week's nice. show. I was like, I need to think about this. That was that was a week's worth of work. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> all right. Well, you guys saw that game. Simon, wow, what a team, right? Well, it was a good game. It was a really good game. And they beat the hell out of the came. 49ers. They did. They did. And look, people will say, uh, I mean, there's a few things, a few talking points. People will say the 49ers weren't healthy, and they weren't healthy. You know, you, you're missing two of the best defensive players. You, you know, they've got, and, and two potential, certainly one future Hall of Famer in, in Richard Sherman on the back end. Obviously, Nick Bosa missing, Solomon Thomas missing. You know, they got a, a, a kind of Witherspoon back. Um, but Fred Warner was playing. Eric Armstead was playing. Uh, offensively, Garoppolo was playing. And look, I, it was a sweet story that Carl, that Carl Shanahan said his ankle was sore or whatever. If his ankle was sore, he wouldn't have been playing. You know, mm. it, it wasn't a massive desperation game. Right, for the 49ers. exactly. Um, you know, so I, I'm not buying that at all. Devo Samuel was back. Uh, Brandon Ayuk was back, although... God knows you wouldn't have known either was playing the way that they were shut down. Most impressively, it was the way that the Dolphins shut down George. Well, two things, actually. The way that they shut down yeah. George Kittle was hugely impressive, and we'll get to the reasons why. But also Trent Williams, the way that Trent Williams was made on occasion, in fact, more than on occasion, to look, you know, ordinary, middle of the pack, when actually he's an elite left tackle, as we've discussed in the past on this show. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, overall, mm-hmm. I thought everything, you know, Jason Sanders is becoming an absolute automatic weapon. Um you know, on um, on special teams, Matt Hawks a great punter. Um, offensively, I thought the team was sharp. I thought, you know, everybody played really well. Gaskin, you know, he's an effort kid. I tell you, you can't you can't fault his effort. Kasiki played well. Fitz was fantastic. 
we'll talk. I think we'll talk specifically more about the the, the rookies on the offensive. The right side of the offensive line was absolutely superb. Yes. You know, we we criticised we criticised um, Jesse Davis. He went to left tackle and certainly you know held up his end of the bargain. But Robert Hunt and Kinley were were, were superb. So um, you know, kudos to the Dolphins because it was an all around fantastic performance against the NFC champions. Um, yeah, I thought it was tremendous. It was so much fun to watch, and and easily the biggest win of the B flow era. Yeah, uh, well, a doubt I would say a lot of people are complete. Well, that, wait a minute that that New England win at Week 17 still right? Yeah, but it ended a season. A lot of people are saying that this this win can catapult them to new expectations for the rest of the year, especially when you yeah, stare at the okay. schedule. You know what I mean? So this could lead to something. I think I don't know. I, I still tend to I still tend to go with that one, but I see what you're saying. I think going to the yeah. defending NFC champions, yeah, but beating it, them by 27 was a pretty or 25 was a pretty decent. You know, yeah, but it's not like it's I not like they hadn't lost. Either. I don't give a fuck. We won the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, Chris, your impressions of that game? Because I was yeah, I was over the moon watching that game. I was like, wow, this is just a beatdown. Yeah, I, I think so. First off, we both picked Miami to win this game. So clearly yes. there was something clearly there was something that we that we seized on as far as this is this is not the matchup. This is not the defending Super Bowl champion in some way. And and that that was our point. Um, you know, they had already the 49ers were two and two, now they're two and three. They're the same record as Miami. So they're they're not the same team. Um and I think that what I saw is is that was encouraging, and we all know a lot of the things. But um, the 49ers had a secondary problem that we we talked about in the preview, uh, where they had some kind of smaller players. And Miami is an especially tall receiving team, right? Preston Williams, mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. You know, not only tall, he can elevate. Um, and then uh, Mike Mike Isiki, of course, right? So we're an especially tall receiving team and they had some small players that could be victimized. So their answer to this problem was to bring up a six foot three inch Brian Allen, who was a safety at Utah, hadn't played a regular season game since 2018 and play him at corner all day. Like he's Richard Sherman. And, and it was disastrous. It was yeah. a, an absolute flipping disaster. The Miami Dolphins, what was encouraging to me is that the Miami Dolphins put a target on his back and said, we're going to take advantage of this guy until you take him out. I mean, they, and they were relentless about it. And they got three touchdowns, all of them, on this, not necessarily the actual touchdown on the guy, but all of the touchdown drives had big plays that, you know, that drive happened because of victimizing this guy. And so they said, we're going to keep doing this until you take him out. And eventually the 49ers took him out. But at that point, it was already, we'd already just scored three touchdowns off of it. <laughs> um, so, so it was encouraging that Miami has that killer instinct as far as, you know, identifying a key weakness because how often we we've seen the the 40 or we've seen the patriots do that right they pick out your guy the guy that (laughs) the guy that you you know you have out there but you're a little bit nervous about having out there um and then and then tom brady will just go after him relentlessly with the patriots and miami did that and that was really cool 
and uh, they got the three touchdowns. And then after that, it was kind of like the five field goal thing again, which I think drives me a little crazy um, because you need to be able to convert on those, those scoring opportunities. So, but it, I thought it was really cool that we, we were able to victimize them for that, but otherwise it was just, it was a lot of good matchups. I mean, it was, on defense, uh, I did believe that Eric Rowe could take out George Kittle and Miami play because Miami plays Eric Rowe like that. I mean, not all, not all defenses have a guy that is supposed to blanket the tight end, right? It's, it's a, it's sort of a group effort. It's, it's zone or, you know, there's, there's all these different things going on, but Miami has that option of putting a guy on him and that's Eric Rowe. And I thought he'd be up to the task with George Kittle and he did it. You know, he did well, well with it, really well with it. Um, the other thing that happened on defense that was really encouraging, and this might've been a function of what San Francisco did. So it's, it, you have to keep an eye on it, but San Francisco is not a team that goes 11 personnel a lot. They're not, they're not a three wide receiver team. No, they use it. I think, in fact, the, the lowest amount in the league or maybe second lowest, something like that. Um, and so, oh, so they had Miami out there in base personnel quite a bit. Um, and because there weren't as many DBs out there, you know, who, well, who didn't you see out there in the secondary? Well, you didn't see Noah Igbenogany out there because Byron Jones was back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not until the last garbage drive. Uh, you didn't see Brandon Jones out there, right? Because, because they, you know, they just didn't put us in, in extra DB packages that much. And without Igmanagane and without Brandon Jones, without those two rookies, uh, the secondary communication and with Byron Jones, I should say, you know, on a positive end, the secondary communication looked loads better. Right. And, um, and I think that that was a big factor because we kept, we kept harping on this elf about how the secondary communication just looked off. Um, and a lot of this, uh, a lot of what the Dolphins had been doing on defense. And then the final thing was the pass rush on the defensive side. And this is twice now we've gone against uh, a relatively stationary quarterback or set of quarterbacks um, in the Niners case. And, and we've shown both times, you know, Jacksonville and San Francisco, that even if you have a quality offensive line and both do, you know, both teams do the Jags, the Jags have a quality offensive line. And so do the 49ers. Um, We can get to you. We, you know, we, and we can put the game away. In a, in a situation where they're trying to come back, we can put the game away. Our pass rush is capable of doing that. So it's, you know, I think it really just drives them up a wall when you have a quarterback that can be really mobile, like Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen. Um, but anybody else? And it seems like our defense is about as formidable as we hoped they would be this year uh, when we bought all those pieces and, and really, uh, and, and drafted guys. And I think this is probably the third straight game that Emmanuel Aga has looked really good. Um, I think that Byron Jones was encouraging. Xavier Howard was good. Um, this looked like the defense that they should have been, that they, you know, that we hoped that they would be. And, um, and I can't help but think that if the, the style of quarterback play had a lot to do with that, being able to really go after him. So, um, so I, you know, really encouraging on that front front. I think, you know, offensively, obviously scored a ton of points. Right. But you know, the five, the, the kicking field goals thing just still does drive me crazy. Yeah. But I think, I think a lot of those field goals is 
the natural letdown of being up so much, you know, because I think I think they w- there was more points to be had if they wanted them. It was just they're running out clock. They weren't they weren't, they weren't really calling offense to go get touchdowns. They were calling offense to kill off a second half, and they were still getting into field goal range with it. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, I'm not too worried about that. But let me ask you this. Yeah, but three of the field goals came in. Three of the field goals came in the second quarter, though, Alf. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, on, on short field, one of them on short so. field uh, after an interception, and the other one, I believe, I believe both came on interceptions, right? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, mm. I think so. Yeah, and the mm. other one came on the on the Gasecki drive. They ended up with the Parker touchdown. Am I correct? When Gasecki caught the seventy mm. yarder. So, yeah, uh, I can't remember. Yeah, so so maybe they should have put in a few more, but. Simon, let me yeah, I mean, this. I can see what you're saying at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, but in the second quarter. Yeah, they scored 13 points in the second half. You know, one of them was a, a great response touchdown on on the post to to Preston Williams. And thank God that he finally got off the schneid. He had his career game. Oh, he it, did. It was looking bad for him for a while. You know, Parker do, does what Parker does. but And Gasecki finally mm-hmm. getting him out in space. <clears throat> And he was a problem for them in this game. But, Simon, I watched the All-22. Sure. And let's get back to the defense because, yeah, the offense could get their praise and we'll give it to them toward the end of this podcast. But, Simon, on the defensive end, there was a lot of standouts. Kamal Grugier-Hill is a plus for this defense. Emmanuel Agba has been great. And on the All-22, I can tell you, as bad as Jimmy Garoppolo played, there weren't that many open people out there. What were your observations of the secondary? Because I think this is the mm. best game they played this year. Yeah, I thought Howard looked better than I've seen him all season, but Byron Jones is such a good player. Yes. Yeah, he's such a good player. Um, but I thought the whole unit played well, apart from there was that period in maybe the third quarter where we couldn't get off the field. There were the two calls against Nick Needham, which actually in hindsight were pretty ticky-tacky, I've got to say. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking at the snap counts, actually. I think Noah played 10 snaps. Needham played 33. Mm-hmm. Um, Jamal Perry played 13. Obviously, um, Coach Flores made the point that you know Noah is exclusively an outside corner um he's not playing any um he's not playing nickel uh inside a slot corner inside at all um which we kind of knew oh i thought emmanuel Ogman played really well i mean i i tweeted about it last night i thought zach sealer and uh andrew van ginkle did a really nice job van ginkle's a really good player um mm. and he's only getting better if he can stay healthy um i agree with your point on gruja hill and i liked him when we signed him that sub package kind of cover linebacker um yeah, I thought. No, he's an excellent blitzer, though. Cameron he is an excellent blitzer. Yeah. He absolutely is an excellent blitzer, and and we've got two really good blitzing linebackers because Baker's a really good blitzing yeah. linebacker. So I, I thought Carvan Noy had his quietest game in, in a way, um, but he was sort of the the uh, I suppose the minister of that front seven in terms of just keeping everybody, mm-hmm. you know, um, aligned. Just you, you can just tell that there's a there's that veteran presence there, and that's him. Do you know what I mean? He's just he's a bit mm. like Fitzpatrick is to the offense. He's just that kind of calming. People just look, I'm sure people just look to him, you know, because of the the experience and the and the wins that he has. But yeah, Ogba, I think I he literally I think he literally tells people where to blitz and when to blitz and from where. Like I think so too. I and think so I think too. that it's effective. I mean, I know in one of the games, one of the games he actually even. I think it might have been the Jags game. Uh, Cameron Grugier Hill, I think, actually credited him or something like that. Like told him, yeah. told him if you see this come, you know, and I think that's that's what he does. 
I just want to reiterate Chris's point as well about Eric Rowe, who I think is probably the Dolphins' defensive MVP so far this season. I think he's been excellent. I think the one knock on him when he came to Miami, uh, David Pollock's on television, by the way. He's on NFL Total Access. <laughs> literally right now it's MJ Acosta Ruiz Willie McGinnis Steve Mariucci and David Pollock I mean it doesn't oh by the way uh, that is David Pollock's uh doppelganger oh it's not Simon it's not David Pollock is it it's um it's David uh, David David Carr's brother yeah he's college it is (laughs) yes I was gonna say I thought that I'm sure it was him and then I looked at his game maybe it isn't maybe it isn't anyway I, I think Eric Rowe has been our Certainly our defensive MVP this season. And I thought, you know, George Kittle had 15 catches for 185 yards and a touchdown uh, on on uh, on Monday night against the Eagles. And he was held to four catches for 44 yards uh, by Eric Rowe. Uh, and, and uh, you know, George Kittle is a is a likely, if he carries on the same arc, Hall of Fame tight end. He's the best tight end in the NFL. He's the best receiving tight end in the NFL. And he's comfortably the best blocking tight end in the NFL. He is an absolute weapon. Um all over the field, and I thought we absolutely shut him down. That wasn't to do with quarterback play. That was to do with good defensive play. So uh, hats off to Eric Rowe because I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, and uh, I, I believe the, I saw the stat today where he was targeted, George Kittle was targeted six times while Eric Rowe was in coverage, and of his four catches, only two were on Eric Rowe while he was in coverage. And of those six times, four were in man, and he caught one for six yards in man. That's a pretty good ratio, mm-hmm. okay? One for four, tar- one for four on targets to George Kittle. That's really, really good. Mm-hmm. But uh, let's praise the offense a little bit, Simon. Fitzpatrick, wow. If this is what Fitzpatrick is capable of, doesn't it change the equation a little bit? Doesn't it change the expectations a little bit? Because this team at its best is absolutely murdering people at its yeah, best. I mean, I, and I, I really think. Uh, I think it's, and we said it before the season, Buffalo could win 12 games. Well, we've only seen that twice, though, so. But Buffalo is a really good football team. Losing to them and having a lead in the fourth quarter, I think, matters, you know? Yeah. They're not better than Buffalo, but they're pretty close to, you know, and they've competed with them. Doesn't it change the expectations a little bit, Simon? I mean, for me, the expectations have never really, and I totally get, you know, why we do it on this show. I, I struggle with the pearl clutch. Like I found yesterday very uncomfortable in a way that, that with the, regards to fans, because, you know, I mean, I had somebody messaging me when the 49ers were driving to, to essentially go two scores down with a quarter and a half left going, if I don't put two in now, it's an absolute disgrace. It's, you know, he's going to be sat on the sideline thinking I'm not part of this and it's going to really affect him mentally. I was like, dude, the 49ers are driving to, to get within two scores at home with a quarter and a bit to go. What are you talking about? I mean, they're not going to put him in at this point. And do I think, you know, should he have got the last possession or the penultimate possession? Probably. But actually, you know, what, what was he going to do? I mean, I Hand tweeted off. that he was literally—he was literally going to be handing off six times. I—I'm I, 46. I could—I could do that. I could take six NFL snaps, probably out of the shotgun, but uh, <laughs> I probably—I'd I'd take one out under center, <laughs> and I could turn around and give it to Miles Gaskin. I, I'm sure I could do that. I'm absolutely certain I could. With do Eric that. Armstead uh, running right in on you. <laughs> do, I mean, in mate, zone read. if you watch, Robert Hunt was destroying him, mate. So it wouldn't yes. wouldn't bother me. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't would be doing his zone read, mate. It'd literally be turned around and put it in his stomach. <laughs> um, yeah, don't give me any of that zone read stuff. <laughs> dude, maybe 10 years ago, I could have, you know, a bit of zone read action, but, you know, the old legs aren't what they used to be. Um, I, I just, I, I, I don't know. Uh, the obsession and, 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 you know, there are some members of the Dolphin community 
certainly on social media where you know they've got all these agendas that you know this means this is going to happen and i told you this was going to happen and maybe you know maybe i mean this and that i just it's just bullshit do you think do you really think i mean are people that stupid that they actually think that the dolphins coaches the dolphins general manager pay attention to what fans are saying on the internet because i can tell you if you're one of those people you're in for a massive shock because nobody gives a fuck what you think nobody gives a fuck what we think you know the Dolphins front office. We don't give a goes, fuck. Oh. With exactly. I mean, as as evidenced by the song and the limerick, we don't give a fuck what we think. <laughs> but do you really? But do you really think? I mean, in all seriousness, do people actually think that like Chris Greer and you know people like that are sat in their office thinking, "Oh, wonder what's on three yards per carry today? What do the lads are saying? We need to go down and tell Beeflo that that Chris and Simon and Alf think that Bobby McCain's had an off week. Maybe we should." Uh, they don't give a fuck. That's that. You're living in a vacuum if you think that's what's happening. They do not listen. They do not care. They do not give a fuck because they're NFL coaches, and we are plumbers, journalists, builders, taxi drivers, you know, computer operators, criminals, baristas. We, you know, there's a reason we're all those things and not NFL coaches. It's because we're not very good at coaching in the NFL, and we're better at making you know lattes and uh, you know that sort of stuff. <laughs> And song so lyrics. stick to what we know. And it's just, I just find it really weird that that there's this like massive obsession, and, and part of it is because of Justin Herbert and 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 Joe Burrow. Um, but you know, anybody that's been watching the Bengals, Joe Burrow's getting absolutely killed out there. I mean, he's getting absolutely killed out there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's playing well, but he's getting. You know, you are literally looking at David Carr territory if it if it goes on too much. What what's the rush? We just won by twenty five, lads. Have a day off. Yeah, absolutely. And if and if, if anybody's worried about how Tua feels about this, just look at him on the sideline. He's jumping around, <laughs> celebrating. He was like, did you see him run onto the field? He ran onto the field faster than Christian Wilkins. He runs onto the field like Usain Bolt. He but that's the other side like, of it. Of course it is. It's wonderful. No, I mean, that's the other side of it. Like, you know, Tua's jumping around and, and half of the fan base are like, oh, no, don't jump around. You're hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you got, you got half the fan base that are like, you know. I mean. Get him out there, get him out there no matter what. It doesn't, you know, even if we're winning against the Super Bowl uh, or the, the NFC champs and, you know, we're winning by 25 and stuff like that. Um, you got those guys out there that are just relentless saying Tua needs to start. But then you you do have a, the other half of the fans that are like, no, I don't want him out there at all this year, 100%, you know, because they're kind of treating him like a China doll. And it's, you know, he's he's this baby bird that needs to be protected. And, you know, the thing is, he's a football player. And football yeah, and players saw, go, and, get out there and they, yeah. take, and they take hits. And yeah, that's and if, what and if they, anybody, they do. They're physical. Yeah, if anybody thought, you know, like, okay, you know, oh, because he's fragile. Have you seen the picture, the Instagram picture of him and Russell Wilson side by side? They're almost the exact size. Two is a little bit taller and they're just as thick. Like this is a thick professional athlete. Like he's a trained professional athlete. Okay. This is not, he's not an invalid. All right. There's a reason he's been active yeah. all year. Okay. He can but play he football. Need, he doesn't and, need to and play. I think he doesn't need to he's, play. He's, no, he doesn't he's need to play go right in. now. He's going to go in. He's going to go in. Ryan Fitzpatrick is the best quarterback in the NFL last weekend. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, no. like well, what? Okay. Who played better than him this this Sunday? Let's hold up there. <laughs> he's he's going to go in. He's going to go in when it's the right time. When it's the right time to go in, that's that's when he's yeah. going to go in, and he's not going to go in before then. And he's not. And he's not, he's not going to sit out the whole year because they're they're treating him like a, an invalid. Uh, he's 
he's going to go in when it's the right time to go in. He's going to go in when they're physically saying, saying that he's, he's up to the task. He's going to go in when, you know, his, his mastery of the playbook is up to speed. Um, and he's going to go in when it looks like Ryan Fitzpatrick isn't getting the job done right now. Maybe none of those things are true. Right. And because Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting the job done. Um, you know, I've talked about uh, behind the scenes, you know, is, is houses, how's his range of motion? How's his flexibility? How's his, you know, how's the, the strength of benchmarks, um, how are those things? I mean, they, they might be fully up to par by now, but we don't know that they are. And, and, you know, we'll see. And, uh, and the other thing is, you know, I heard he's taking his time to, to get the playbook and everything he's, he's learning, he's young. So, and he was like this at Alabama too. So I, I think that maybe none of those three things are true and that's why you don't see him in there, but that doesn't mean he won't go in at some point, maybe even, you know, soon. Cause he's always one, one play away. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's just a thing that's going to happen when it's going to happen. You can't rush it and you can't, and you can't resist it. I mean, it's, it's not, it's, it's football. And anyway, I think that the, the Tua thing is, it should not be an issue that it is. I think it, you point, you brought up the question you brought up Alf, about expectations. What does this change about expectations? Cause they did just, you know, beat the NFC champs by quite a bit in their house um, on the road. And I think, um, so far, what the Dolphins have done this year, the only thing that's really surprised me was that week one, you know, solid beat that New England uh, put on us. And, and that's just because New England's better than I, I kind of expected they would be. And they have all these players sitting out the year and Tom Brady's gone. You know, I just I just thought it wasn't going to happen. And like they might even not not even be taking the season seriously. That's, you know, silly on me. And if you um, watch that game, they took the air out of the football. Because remember, the score was 14-10. With five like literally? Yeah, literally. Because they've done that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, this time they did it naturally by running the football. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, I, that was the thing that really surprised me. Otherwise, you know, I kind of I kind of had the Jags game as a win. Um, I even had – I didn't think – I've never thought San Francisco was unbeatable, I, I even heading into the year, uh, even going across – the the country to go beat them i just i just didn't think that was the case um with the way the team is stacked right now and especially after they suffered some of those injuries um so you know now we got to face the jets and i think that we have a chance to get to three and three um you know i probably would have expected more four and two at that point in the year and i think we have a chance to really rack up some wins and head into december you know, with people talking about the Dolphins as as a team that's uh, that's going into the playoff month, um, looking for a playoff berth, you know, in the hunt, so to speak. So um, so my expectations haven't changed much, except to say New England's a lot better than I imagined. Um, Buffalo's better than I imagined. Uh, the Dolphins are about what I imagined. Right. I think um. Dolphins have got the most brutal schedule. I mean, it's the worst, the most difficult schedule in December in the NFL. So, you know, they're going to have to be in ridiculous shape, I think, to get into the playoffs. But, um, you know, uh, today was a really encouraging performance. Uh, and for me, it's an encouraging today. What I'm talking about yesterday was a really encouraging performance. And it's most encouraging for next year for me. It feels like there's a lot of decent pieces in place. It feels like they're putting together that sort of 
that sort of Patriots ST that doesn't have it. You know, you go and look at some of the young teams and you look at Pittsburgh with Fitzpatrick and Watt and all those receivers and Connor and some of the young guys they've got on that team. We don't have all those, you know, you don't go and look at the Dolphins and go, oh, well, it's full of young stars, but it's full of those kind of young Patriot-y type players that just do their job, do their job, do their job, and they end up winning, you know, more than one Super Bowl. And that feels quite exciting, I think, as a, as a Dolphin fan. Yeah, as far as the schedule, as you know, I don't know what they moved around, but we ended up with the Jets now and our bye week moved from week 11 to week seven. So it's mm-hmm. after the we play the Jets next week. They changed a bunch of our 1 o'clock games to 4 o'clock games. Mm-hmm. And week 11 is now Denver, right? And I believe they changed. That's it, right? Those are the two games that they've changed. They moved one up, one down, and changed the bye week from week 11 to week 7. But, yeah, I look at December, and, yeah, December is brutal. It's, it's Kansas City and New England at home, Vegas yeah. and Buffalo on the road. Buffalo, yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe Buffalo doesn't need that game. You know, maybe they don't need that game. And but at the same time, I think that's I think that's winnable now for us if we're heading in if we keep getting better through the year as Brian Flores teams tend to do. And you know, they're not gonna they're not gonna hit us up for no. They're not gonna pretend that no Igbenogene is Brian Allen. Like we're not gonna allow them to do that again. Yeah. But the Dolphins absolutely have seven games in a row that they should be right in there with those teams. Because do we really fear the Rams? I like the Cardinals, though. The Cardinals, that, that uh, offense no, is, is the Cardinals, the Cardinals, But we shouldn't right. fear them. No. The Cardinals are not a good team, Alf. That, that offense has been awful. I mean, really? Kyler Murray, oh, mate, Kyler Murray has really been disappointed in the last three weeks. They can't they can't throw the ball down the field. I mean, they played the Jets. So that, you know, kind of doesn't count. You go back and look at the last two weeks. Murray, he was something like 23 of 27 for 136 yards. It was averaging like four yards a, a, a throw. The Rams are a really good team. The Rams are 4-0. and The only game they lost was the, the, the game they lost to the Bills on the road. They traveled cross country and were leading 32. I mean, the really controversial, I mean, they should have won that game. That, that, that call at the end of the game that set Buffalo up for one final play should never have happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Rams should be unbeaten. And Jared yeah. Goss playing really well. The Rams are a good team. But they faced, they have played, they played almost all bad teams. They played the Giants. They played the Washington football team. They played, you know, the, the Eagles at the time that the Eagles were really struggling. Um, and the, the Cowboys in the first, yeah. in the first game of the year. I mean, they're, they're not playing strong teams and they lost to the strong team in Buffalo Bills. And I agree with you about that game, but um, I, I don't, I don't fear them, especially at home. Yeah, and the rest mm. of those games in the seven-game stretches, the Jets twice, Justin Denver's Herbert and Joe Burrow. That's that's Denver. the stretch. Denver. Yeah. Yeah, and Denver, yeah, Drew Locke will be back by then. So, yeah, the three young quarterbacks, one second-year quarterback, two rookies. Like, if there's a time to fatten up, it's a time to, to fatten up is now. If the, if the defense can play – if the defense can play the way it played yesterday for the rest of the season, they've got the chance. Mm-hmm. But they have to that that effort yesterday has to be the same week in and week out now. Absolutely. Right. Well, they, they've you know I, I think that every time you have a performance like that, and you know you, you got to dig into the losses too. I thought they played really well against Seattle. Seattle's proven that no matter what you do to them, they're going to come back and beat you. Minnesota played a hell of a game yesterday. Still lost. Because Russell Wilson is so good, 
So even in the loss, man, if you're going to read into that loss against Seattle, you got to you got to feel kind of good about how the Dolphins played Russell Wilson in that game. And like I said with Buffalo, they're really really good. So losing by a touch by a field goal to Buffalo and having a lead in the fourth quarter, you know, I don't know. Uh, I think the expectations have moved just a little bit. Uh, you know, were we really thinking that New York was a gimme? Now it kind of has to be a gimme, right? Like that has to be the twice, twice, right? That's to be two. It could, it it could be Adam Gase's final game. Mm -hmm. I I don't think that's out the realms of possibility. Yeah, and we will, and we will preview that later on in the week. But yeah, I guess I'll ask you, Simon. You should have the schedule in front of you. Like this is a time to fatten up these seven games. What do you need? What do you think the record has to be in these seven games to think playoffs in December? Five and two. Okay, Six five and, and one. five and two gets them seven wins with four games to go. So four games to get two. That makes sense. It makes sense. A lot of sense to me, Chris. Yeah, that's that's what I was gonna say. Is they need to be at eight and six heading into that December, um, because the Chiefs, Patriots, Bills again. I mean, yeah, it's and the Raiders. I mean, they're they're not they're no slouch. Yeah, the Raiders are. Yeah, the Raider that Raiders offense. You know, they look great against Kansas City yesterday. But really, you know, Alf, if you look at it, the schedule. I mean, what you earmark based on what we've seen so far with the defense is Kyler Murray and uh, Patrick Mahomes, Cam Newton, and Josh Allen, because those guys give us problems. And I don't know yeah. until we see the answer. Until we see the Dolphins actually come up with an answer for that kind of mobility then we have to assume they don't have one. Yeah, and on the flip side, you got to feel good about Jared Goff, whoever the hell New York throws out there. Yep. You know, Herbert and Drew Locke. To some degree, yeah. You know, yep. and Joe Burrow to some – because Joe Burrow might be – there might be just a, a bag of bones by the time we play Cincinnati December 6th because yeah. the, the beating thing about the, taken is unholy. One thing about the Jets is that Joe Flacco will probably start for them. Sam Donald's not even practicing. Um, yeah, that's Joe, even – Joe better. Flacco's – well, except that Joe Flacco always plays like fucking Joe Montana when he plays. Do you remember the last couple of games he's beaten us like forty to nothing? And remember the, uh, remember no. remember okay. the game where um, what's his name, who now plays for the for the Saints linebacker um, Pico Alonso, Pico Alonso got thrown out for the. Uh, I mean, that was the Thursday night game where we lost forty to nothing, and I think Flacco had about forty touchdowns and yes, you know, two he has pass away. Not he has, as good as any to get a get some revenge on a good old Joe Flacco. He has a career 109.4 rating against the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And and that's second only to his career rating against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who's only played twice. He's played the Dolphins yeah. six times. Yeah. <laughs> so, so we should beat yeah. the crap out of him on this yeah. Sunday just to yeah. get exact some revenge. Yeah, but, yeah. This Joe Flacco is old and even le- and even more stationary. And I think I th- I really think there's something to this. I think there, we've shown that our defense can get after more stationary quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, all right, people. This is a fun Sunday watching that team play the way they did. This was a fun show to do. The next time we talk to you, we will preview Jets, Dolphins. Minus Sam sing us out. Yeah. <laughs> Are you ready for this? Yes. You didn't hear it the first time. Nobody's really ready for this, but no, I mean, even I'm not ready for it, and I'm singing it. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. See you Thursday. <laughs>
Harry, Harry, why do you grow so true? I'll start shaving and get rid of all of you. Now I don't have a hairy bollock. I look like David Pollock. My balls look sweet. They're really neat. It's the lawnmower 3.0. Use promo code 5RSN. Nobody, nobody gives a fuck about the promo code. Just talk about the song. <laughs> Later, people. Thanks for listening to Three Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.